Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We've got today with Fortune Manchapala, who's the CEO of Bushveld Minerals, listed here on AIM. If you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation and his plans for the future, and indeed the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club where you can also find detailed company reports. There are market commentaries from experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and companies. There are training videos. There's also summaries of other interviews that we have done just to save you a bit of time. And there, of course, there's our thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other. So go along and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Fortune, how are you doing, sir? Very well, Matt. Thanks for having me again. Good to see you. I haven't seen you since July. Uh, you've been quite uh, busy. There's lots of uh, announcements, lots of numbers. Excited to see those. Um, how are you keeping, though? It has been busy, um, as always. Um, we continue on our path of executing our strategy of the vertically integrated vanadium platform, uh, which is in terms of um, uh, which is split into the two parts, as you recall, mining and processing on the one hand. Um, and uh, the energy storage uh, story um, uh, on the other hand. Uh, with our mining uh, and processing, uh, the um, uh, objective and the focus very much still being on growing that uh, production platform, uh, continuing to improve our uh, cost position uh, as we increase the throughput through the plant and, um, and making sure that uh, you know, we are on track with our plans to produce 8,400 tons of vanadium over the next three to five years, uh, which will make us a, a significant vanadium player um, with uh, you know, about eight plus minus percent of the global market. Um, look, we, we just closed the financing, um, as you may, um, as you'll be aware with Orion for $65 million. Uh, which is uh, going to support that effort to grow our vanadium production. And, um, you know, we remain very much committed to that uh, path, notwithstanding the, re the recent uh, uh, performance of the vanadium price, um, which we think uh, is not sustainable in the long, in the, in the medium to long term. Um, so, so we workers continue, therefore, in respect of making sure we're ready to scale up uh, uh, at Vametco, uh, refurbishment plans at Vancam, and um, and as I said earlier on, uh, as far as energy is concerned, you'll have noticed that there's quite a number of announcements we've put out, uh, you know, showing the kind of progress that we're making in establishing VRFPs as a a real um, viable uh, long-term, long-duration energy storage solution. Okay, thanks. What a frustrating year for you, don't you feel? Uh, yeah, I would say it is frustrating. I think we can be uh, honest about that. Firstly, you've got the COVID disruptions. Um, then you have uh, a vanadium price, uh, which is, in our view, um, uh, you know, been um, uh, much lower than it needs to be, uh, given the fundamentals of the uh, vanadium market as we see it. Um, and then, of course, we've got a share price that's strongly correlated with the vanadium price, um, and that itself has also been very low. I think it presents a fantastic buying opportunity for investors who dare to look a little bit uh, more into the medium long term. Um, but no question that um, um, that that is quite frustrating, um, and uh, it has an impact on, for example, 
you know, your funding choices and options um, as you look to grow our business. And it's quite clear that we indicated that our growth plan is one that requires us to access capital markets um, and among other sources of funding, of course. Um, we have, I think, shown with the financing from Orion that our story is still inherently very, very strong, robust and attractive. Um, and so thankfully we're able to still fund our our growth agenda. Okay, but talk to me about what's going on in the minds of the, the board and the management team, because if I look at your story, and we've spoken a few times, and people can look at the links below uh, in the description to kind of hear the business plan, etc. You've always been very clear about what you want to do. You've got a very solid management team, operating team, uh, and you are shaving costs. You are looking at how you run the operation, but the price isn't there. So you're not getting credit for what you're doing, okay, on the one hand. And the other hand, you are looking to the future and pointing towards, you know, VRF, VRFB and battery storage, which is a huge thematic of the time, but it's fairly nascent, so you're not getting credit for that. You're you're sitting in between sort of two worlds at the moment. So where do you focus your time uh, and efforts? Look, I think when you go through what we are seeing in the market, um, I, I often say that it it forces you to really look at your assumptions, uh, your investment thesis. Um, and for us specifically, you know, we have to go back and check whether our belief, our thesis that the vanadium market is one um, that is characterized in the medium to long term by a structural deficit. Um, and not only that, um, we believe that uh, uh, with demand growing, um, that um, the party is best placed to answer that question and that deficit are primary producers. And that uh, if you're gonna do primary production, you're gonna need to have high quality grade and uh, scale of resources, which you will in reality only find, um, you know, in terms of that combination of scale and, uh, and grade in South Africa. Um, so that this is in our view still hold, um, you know, but I, I would say that when you go through uh, you know, the kind of market we are in right now, you have to go back and check again and make sure that uh, that still holds. Then secondly, you have to um, uh, obviously um, uh, convince someone else, right? In this instance, the market, that the story still holds. Um, so um, I think that, um, you know, that process uh, for me is actually quite enriching and uh, uh, quite useful. Uh, it forces you, you know, to uh, deal with things like making sure that your cost base is, um, you know, is lean. Um, uh, it brings into sharp focus the whole point that we have mentioned before around energy storage being a natural hedge uh, against vanadium price volatility. And indeed, today we are seeing an increasing number of vanadium redox flow battery deployments around the world. You know, we invested last year $5 million into uh, our, uh, Avalon um, and Red Tea uh, in the process facilitating the merger of, of those two companies into what is now Infinity Energy Systems, a company that has shown tremendous growth um, and has, an, has put out some fairly positive, uh, you know, good announcements around uh, orders that they are winning. Uh, their market cap today, you know, it's 145 million pounds. Um, our investment has done very well, uh, but more importantly, 
is is it illustrates the point we talk about in terms of the the price hedge um, that energy storage is. Um, so I I think that in the crisis there is there is a gift um, which is which is essentially us you know revalidating our investment thesis, revalidating our strategy, pushing hard towards being a lean from a cost perspective operation. Um, and um, and the one final point I would mention also is that at this kind of crisis, you can be sure you're not going to see a lot of opportunistic vanadium projects out there, uh, which means that as far as future vanadium production goes, ultimately you're going to need to look, in our view, at companies like Bushfield Minerals. That's a good point. Um, let's let's talk about Orion Finance. Um, you've got this. You've got two two things going on there. You've got a production finance agreement, and you've also put a convert in place. Um, mm. You wouldn't have to do that if the price of vanadium was you know where you want it to be, obviously. So I imagine that wasn't a, a light decision to make. So why that number, and what are you going to do with it? When you say number, you're talking the sixty five million dollars. Um, look, I think our uh, we've 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 made uh, clear to the market what our growth capital spend looks like. Um, we're talking spending um, in the order of twenty-five million dollars at Vemetco uh, to scale up production there um, to four thousand two hundred tons per annum of vanadium. Uh, we have a capital spend program at Vancam, uh, which we estimated about $45 million uh, to raise production up to about 4,200 uh, tons per annum as well. Uh, obviously, all of this over a three to five year horizon, we don't need to necessarily fund this, all of it up front. Um, but, um, you know, when moments, when markets are the way they are, do you sit back then and say, oh, you know, we can't do this? Um, well, that's actually the time, as I said earlier on, when you've rechecked your investment thesis, when you've rechecked that your business case holds up, is it not the time that perhaps you should actually have the courage of your convictions to make sure that when the upturn comes, you are ready? Um, we are of, the, of that, of that latter uh, viewpoint as a company, and which is why uh, we went um, the way we did to raise the, the kind of money that we raised at $65 million. I remember uh, some Asian clients of mine telling me that 20 years ago, the time to strike is when markets are down because your competitors won't be able to compete when, when the good times come. So um, I don't understand that, but you know, kind of Western approach is uh, maybe we need to hunker down. Was that ever a consideration? I can tell you that, yes, it is. Um, and um, um, it's not like we don't do that, you still do that. Um, so when I talk about the using the opportunity to really uh, be rigorous in how you look at your costs um, and try to make sure that you 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 make your operations even more lean, um, that's that's part of the hunkering down. You know, uh, part of of the response, um, and um, at the same time. Uh, you don't rush to put another 4,000 tons into the market, you know, in one go. I think we've always been clear that the path to 8,400 is a gradual ramp-up profile over a three to five-year uh, period. And we're going to do that, obviously, with one eye on how the market is responding and how the market is evolving, uh, hopefully in the direction that we believe um, it will do in time. Um, so we will follow and we continue to follow a fairly uh, prudent um, and, in my view, uh, 
a pragmatic uh, approach to our investments uh, in the space. Okay, so you said um, you were able to raise this money because people believed in your story. Um, how much has that money cost you, though? Yeah, I think you know it's fair to say that if you're going to raise uh, uh, money like uh, the PFA that we raised, um, it's um, it's debt financing. Um, and uh, you could argue that it's more expensive than a uh, term loan, um, you know, of a shorter uh, duration. However, consider that uh, this facility is longer term, longer term dated uh, over a much longer period of time. Number one and number two, um, it comes with um, um, a ranking uh, in terms of security that is behind uh, senior term debt uh, that we may raise in the future. Um, so, no, it's um, uh, we're comfortable that um, it is um, it is an, an, an entirely affordable financing. And when it comes to the convertible bond, um, the option there was what you do: you go raise equity capital, you know, when your share price is twelve. Um, or do you wait for your share price to improve, or do you secure the funding on a convertible basis with a conversion price like we did of 17p, which we think under the circumstances is a good deal for both parties. Okay, interesting. Um, so let's talk about the application here, because you know, with Vimetco and Van Kem, they were, you know, they needed a bit of love and attention. Um, so what's happening at each one of those in terms of specific spends, whether it be over one to five year period, what, what are your immediate concerns with it, with both of them actually? Yeah. So at Vermetco, um, we are quite keen to make sure that we have um, um, an operation that, that can produce at a, uh, you know, circa 3000 plus tons uh, of production in a fairly reliable manner. Um, we want to uh, invest further to scale up that plant to 4,200 tons, uh, as we've told the market before. Um, that that investment program is going to be um, of a deep bottlenecking uh, approach. In other words, you've got a you've got a, a, a fairly well. Um, it's it's fairly complicated process in plant, right? It's not just mine. You 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 crush, you mill, you do concentration, you put it in a kiln. Um, for roasting, and then after that, you've got a leaching circuit, and then you've got a precipitation all the way up till you get to the final product. And and the the um, uh, what limits the amount of anatomy you can produce oftentimes is bottlenecks along that plant. And um, so our phase three work is really focused on unlocking those bottlenecks. And so that's why we expect that as we do that, we will see a gradual ramp up of production over that period of three to five years as we make those investments. Um, as far as the fan chem is concerned, uh, we're operating with a single kiln at the moment. Um, and um, uh, the plan was always that, you know, you don't you don't buy fan chem at the price we bought it to continue operating it as a single kiln. Uh, in any event, the fixed cost element will end up uh, making a, co a costly uh, operation. What you do want to do is get a lot more throughput through that plant. And that will involve, uh, among other things, bringing the other kilns online, uh, refurbishing other parts, uh, like the, uh, bringing in an AMV uh, plant um, with uh, Vancam, um, et cetera, et cetera. So we, um, and we're going to do it in steps, obviously. We're not going to bring the other two kilns in one go. Uh, we'll focus on bringing second kiln and then eventually third kiln. In between all of that, there's some critical capital spending, which is, needed uh, for license to operate, like the expansion of our call sign um, uh, facility, which we currently uh, are busy with. 
I'm very happy, I must say, that uh, Vancam, since we acquired it, um, has continued to, you know, just move along, producing consistently, uh, meeting the kind of volume targets that we we set on it. So it has been uh, a pleasant um, uh, experience, I must say, uh, since we acquired it. And uh, I certainly look forward as we spend money there to expand production uh, to see if Vancam contribute even more to to the group. Okay, so I just want to be clear because we've had lots of questions sent in. The the time frame is a factor of price in the market today. So you're not in a rush per se to do this, but there's a process you've laid out as a consequence of that, which you're yep. happy with in terms of de-bottlenecking, et cetera, and working out processes. Um, so the, the, the next question it was um, also sent in actually by several people was, what's happening with the mini grid um, at Vermetco? Yes. Um, so the point of the mini grid was um, we always sort of, um, I think, described it as such that we want to demonstrate the viability, the business case of solar plus vanadium battery storage applications for operations like ours. And we think there's a big market in that space, particularly with operations that are concerned about, one, the security of supply of power, uh, which is in South Africa but also who are concerned about the security of the cost of that power. Um, and um, you know, in South Africa, uh, we've seen here in India, our utility make arguments for above inflation tariff increases. Um, I personally believe that um, those, um, uh, those applications are unnecessary from a utility point of view, which is trying to ensure that it is still financially viable. But at the same time, what it does do is it, it just makes propositions like the mini grid that much more attractive. We can deploy these systems at a tariff that is quite competitive with even the utility. And I think that's a very attractive point. Um, so we're very happy with the progress in respect to that. Um, we have appointed uh, an EPC uh, for that. And um, uh, the project is uh, uh, well underway. Uh, we expect it to get funded. Uh, there's a um, uh, the equity funding is is coming from a partnership between Bushvolt and Tebe, um, uh, which is a South African uh, uh, B investment company, uh, which has been which is quite a good uh, track record in the investment space in South Africa, and we're looking to bring in some debt financing into it. Um, so it's um, it's it's let me just say the project is um, is well on course, and um, we are certainly looking forward to the day when we will start to draw. Uh, uh, power from it. Okay, so look, and I, I think I guess we're kind of slipping into the Bushveld energy component of this conversation. Um, so, but I would like to yeah. come back to the, the 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 mining and processing bit later, if I may. Um, you've had some problems with UBT ESCOM in terms of deliveries. You know, because you started a process last year, it slowed down. So, what's happened? Uh, well, the system energy again when we put, when we when we started the whole uh, project, um, and uh, it was because uh, ESCOM has a facility where they were testing different battery technologies, and we were quite keen that VRFBs are part of of the technologies that they're testing. Um, so we partnered with UET uh, to get a system installed. Um, uh, the system uh, completed site acceptance uh, in May, uh, testing in May 2019. Uh, however, what, what did happen is that the, there was a shift in strategy uh, uh, within our partner UAT, uh, which moved to a new, more modular VRFB product, 
um, which they were no longer able to continue monitoring and servicing. Um, and so as a, as a result, um, uh, that system was shut down in October uh, of 2019, and an agreement reached with between Bushveld, uh, the IDC, our partner, UET, and Ronke Power, uh, the Chinese uh, parent company of UET, uh, to bring in uh, uh, a new system, uh, which um, uh, is from manufactured and maintained by Ronke Power. Um, it's of a similar power and energy capability. Um, and that system has been delivered. Uh, it was delivered in Q1 of 2020, um, but unfortunately because of the COVID lockdowns, um, that has delayed the commissioning of that system. Uh, so in short, the, the, the project is still very much on track. I'm particularly pleased, by the way, to get uh, RKP's involvement in terms of the manufacturing and the maintenance of this system. You'll recall, of course, that RKP um, as the company that is deploying that 800 megawatt hour uh, VRFB battery in Dalian in China. Yeah, okay. Have you lost money then on the first um, phase of this project because of the change strategy or have you been rec uh, I wouldn't recompensed? Say, I wouldn't say uh, lost money um, uh, per se because the project, remember, is not a revenue generating project, right? It's a, um, it was always going to be a, a cost to us uh, for a, a greater uh, objective. Um, um, and um, so uh, as it cost us, yes, it has, but you know, there is also a settlement agreement uh, we're comfortable of reaching with UET in terms of managing um, the cost associated with that earlier system. Okay, fine. Sounds like a fair deal. Um, can we come back to Invinity, please? Because I'd love to understand the whole uh, electrolyte rental component, because that seems to be, like I said, it's a big investment of yours. They're doing quite well, but what's the reality of timing around that with firstly you know are people buying into the technology the timing the costs etc so how are you looking at that investment the electrolyte rental um we see it as a as a catalyst for vanadium relief flow deployment uh vanadium makes up a significant chunk of the cost upfront cost of a vanadium relief flow battery system between 30 and 45 percent depending on the vanadium price um, given that these batteries are long life, 20 plus years, um, if you can convert some of that CapEx into OPEX through a rental model, um, you definitely want to do that. It, it, it enhances the economics of these systems. Um, we outlined a strategy uh, to deploy these uh, um, rental models starting in 2018 when we did a small rental in the US. Um, and uh, that was a very small uh, uh, project we did off balance sheet. Um, and then the second uh, part of our strategy has been to target bigger uh, deployments uh, or rental contracts, similar to the one that we have now done with EDF um, uh, Renewables um, uh, Spivel Power uh, in partnership with Infinity. Um, it's a five megawatt hour uh, battery, uh, which means that in terms of the amount of vanadium that goes into there, you know, it's just over 20 tons. Uh, in fact, you're talking, no, sorry, I talk, um, it's just over 25 tons of vanadium uh, contained. Uh, so it's a good volume of vanadium, um, a good size contract. It gives us the opportunity to also construct bankable rental contracts, uh, which we can obviously uh, then take on to, um, uh, to, other, uh, to other projects as well. Um, the partnership with Infinity, we certainly have uh, a lot of good hopes in terms of writing more rental contracts of that nature. Um, I should add that uh, the deployment of the mini grid at Vermedco is also going to have uh, a, an electrolyte rental uh, contract uh, built into it. 
Um, so we, we're very encouraged to see the level of interest um, and um, uh, we, we expect to, to grow that book significantly. Third point I'll highlight about that, Matt, is that uh, in time, uh, we obviously would like to uh, create a, a platform um, you know, that is at scale, uh, that has got uh, good cost financing, yield-seeking financing into that uh, to support you know, the deployments of these rental contracts at a much, much larger scale. Um, the rental contract is not only great for VRFP deployments, um, it's got an incredible sustainability proposition as well uh, for a mining company uh, like uh, Bushford Minerals. And if you will just indulge me, let me explain why I think we're particularly excited about that. At the end of the vanadium flow battery's 20 plus year life, we have always said because of the non-degradation, you can take that electrolyte, you can put it in another battery, um, uh, even if you might have to repurpose it a little bit, but you can also take that electrolyte back to our facilities, our processing facilities and convert it into nitrovan, vanadium pentoxide or other vanadium products that you then sell to to steelmakers, for example, to put into rebar, which will go into infrastructure for decades more years, right? We talk about the contribution of an atom to the circular economy. That's what we're talking about. But what we haven't explained enough in the past is that if you look at a company like uh, Vermetco, uh, when we produce one ton of vanadium, um, we would have mined about 450 tons of ore. Um, and um, of the 450 tons of ore, we will crush it, we will concentrate it, and we'll take the non-magnetic fraction and put it on a tailings facility. You're talking about 300 tons of this material. Then you're left with about 150 tons of concentrate. That goes through our processing plant, and you're going to take out about 148 tons of um, uh, of calcine waste material that you're going to put on a lined facility. Um, ultimately, you end up with about a ton of V. If your cost uh, for illustration purposes was $25 to make that one kilogram of vanadium or $25,000 to make that ton of vanadium, if you give me the option at that point to say, would you rather take that electrolyte, convert it into ferrovanadium at a cost of, you know, let's make up a number $5, right? Um, I could buy that electrolyte back at $20 and make nitrovan and from a cost of production point of view, be at parity. With the added advantage, however, that I haven't dug up more tons from the ground and I haven't processed material through a kiln with emissions attaching to it, et cetera, et cetera. So the carbon footprint is even better. So I think in the long term, uh, the more rental contracts we do, the better position the company like Evermedco or Levankem will be to even be much more sustainable in the way they produce vanadium. It's the whole concept of using your commodities, your metals over and over again, um, you know, as opposed to mining it, selling it for single use, and then mining more from the ground again. No, I, I, that for me I, I get is it. sustainability. Is best and as a sustainability, and it's an annuity stream um, on, on an asset uh, with sunk costs up front. I, I, I do, I do get that. I wonder if other uh, other commodities will follow suit. Um, 
Okay, but here, here's the thing about this area, which is young and exciting, but therein lies the problem. It, it, it's, it's young, the market isn't there yet. How much time is it going to take for the market to get to a scale where companies like you can take advantage of it? I, I would scale. challenge that. We need scale. I would challenge that. The market is there. Uh, Ronka Power is deploying 800 megawatt hours in China. It's vanadium flow batteries. Mm -hmm. Sumitomo has been awarded another 51 megawatt hours of a vanadium redox flow battery in Japan. In South Africa, our own utility ESCOM is on a procurement program for 1,400 megawatt hours in battery storage. Now, granted, it's not just going to be vanadium flow batteries are not guaranteed to be multiple technologies, but we hope that VRFBs can capture a certain share of that, particularly given their local content uh, uh, proposition, which is quite attractive. I mean, I can go on and on and tell you about it. I mean, if you look at the idea of self-generation that the government is pushing, uh, you know, companies to be able to do, that is going to open up also a substantial market opportunity. So I, I agree that um, the the future is still ahead. I, I mean, the the scale is still ahead, but the momentum is certainly, uh, I think, uh, building up quite significantly. Okay, we, we can definitely have a debate about this because, you know, it, the, uh, the government talking about ideas and then being realities to two different things. And I'm, what I'm asking you is, when does the scale arrive? When is the uptake arrive? When do the price discovery arrive? Because, you know, if I look at vanadium price, it's, it's, it's not there. There's, a, there's, a, there's the first signal I'm looking at as an investor, right? Because I don't know technically what it's going to take you, the cost of what it's going to take you to start supplying electrolytes into the market, even when it does, it does yeah, arrive. Do you know that, what I mean? That, let, me, let me challenge you on this one. I, it's not ideas, right? I think I give you examples. I just used your word. I just used your word. Um, these are just concrete, concrete uh, deployments out there. Uh, Infinity announced just the other day another 8 megawatt uh, uh, our uh, award in Australia. Um, the procurement program I talked about, which is funded by the World Bank by ESCOM, is currently underway as we talk. Um, it's 1,400. There is a tender out for what is called the risk mitigation IPPP in South Africa to procure 2,000 megawatts of dispatchable power, which is expected is going to include some storage, right? These are programs that are currently underway. We expect window five of the renewable energy IPPs in South Africa to open uh, soon. That is also going to be in the order of thousands of megawatts of renewable with scope for storage to be part of it. What I'm trying to say to you is that the, the market opportunity is now there. Um, it is going to grow, right? Bloomberg estimates this market to grow something like 122 fold between 2018 and 2040. So yes, there's still a lot of growth ahead. Um, does the market get it yet? Not yet. I think, although that's debatable when you look at the, you know, uh, an infinity with the market cap that's now equal to Bushvolt uh, uh, market cap, right? Um, I think that the reason you see an infinity perform like that, um, in addition to it being a solid company with a good management, good product, and a good, um, I think, future, is also the fact that it is viewed clearly as an energy company, right? As a clean uh, energy uh, proposition. So investors, um, you know, who are looking for that exposure, it, this, this offers them that. Um, and uh, when it's researched, it's researched in terms of its proposition within the energy space. I think that for us as Bushford Minerals, 
it's still a bit of a challenge because we're seen as a mining company, as a processing company. So the energy proposition within our story does not yet get the recognition that we believe it deserves. But that's not going to be like that forever. We believe it's going to change. And in part because of some of the things that we are doing to address that. Okay. Not debating that. I think you're a very smart team, very agile team. I get that. And you're not getting the credit because the price isn't in the marketplace. The bit I'm asking you about is how long do we have to wait? Because even in Infinity, their technology may not be where we end up. But so I assume they're going to have to be agile too, and they're going to have to work out what technologies yeah. their customers want. And you know, you've seen it. You know, you've talked about um, moving with Escom from one technology to a more modular, uh, you know, solution. So it's nascent. Mm. It's evolving. It's not to say it's not happening. I'm just asking the question yeah. of when and what's the scale, and more importantly, how do you, the smart guy in the room, take advantage of it? I, I agree with you. I think when you talk particularly about bushwood minerals and you say, you know, look at what's going on with Infinity. Look at what's going on with energy place in general. Uh, you have taken uh, a fairly clear, explicit interest in this space and have done some very interesting things, but it is not reflecting yet. Um, you know, when is that going to start reflecting? I think it's a very valid question. And, and it's a question that we as a management team and as the board, we we are very actively engaged in. Um, what exactly are we going to do to address that? I can't say right now, suffice to say that it is certainly uh, something that we are actively engaged in to try and solve, to ensure again, that our energy story gets the recognition that we believe it deserves and isn't, it, and, and it is lacking. Um, and and I'll, I'll give you just some of the uh, considerations here. If you look at Bushwell Minerals, in terms of sector uh, location uh, on the uh, LSE, it's a mining company. It's viewed as a mining company. Not to, never mind that we don't only mine. We process, we beneficiate uh, to a final product, um, but we don't feature within the uh, clean tech space. We don't feature within the energy uh, sector space. And uh, so how do we ensure that investors who are active in that sector who are looking for exposure in that sector uh, can look at Bushworld as, as giving them that option, right? Um, obviously, to do that means they have to take a view not only of energy, they have to also take a view on the mining and the processing. That's just an example of just one of the considerations we have to think about as we try to solve for this. What I'm very confident in is that, uh, is that there is a solution to it. Um, and, um, and 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 we will we will inform the market in due course. I can't say a lot more at this stage, unfortunately. No, the fact you're even talking or thinking about it is is interesting to me. You know, we've seen other companies um, move from mining into trying to classify themselves as uh, industrial chemicals. Smart. Um, yeah, you know, we've seen a lot. And of I would this. add, right? The other thing, if you look at our research on Bushford, for the most part, the coverage is from mining analysts, right? Um, if you if you go find an energy sector analyst, take a look at Bushford and to write on Bushford, you might find that they may struggle to write a lot about our mining and our processing, but they'll have a lot to say about Bushford energy, right? So again, it's about making sure that there is, when you, you, you talked about price discovery, I think there is uh, investment proposition discovery, right? Making sure that the entire investment proposition is very clear to the investor uh, community and to the appropriate in investments, investor sectors, um, and that we create 
structurally opportunities for the investors to uh, participate in the story. Again, I can't say a lot more than that, but uh, I think you can you can appreciate that there is certainly a lot of thought that we're putting into this question. Uh, for, for sure, you know, we, like I said, we, we've spoken to a number number of companies who are trying to insert themselves into this green circular uh, economy. Europe, obviously, a big big part of that um, solution. Um, a lot of money being provided by the EU and uh, countries up there too. So I'm interested to see how you develop this. Um, if indeed you do choose to move away from the label of minor, Vanadium minor, into further downstream, um, it, it, it could could be meaningful. But look, Fortune, as ever, fantastic to speak to you. Thank you very much for all of your insight and sharing that with us. Uh, it's a great story. Um, pick up the phone when there's something interesting to say, okay? It's always a pleasure talking to you, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.